another fantastic performance from the Chaos Legacy. Looks like those woodworkers of Fort Hayden won't have to worry about that haunted mansion any longer. I've seen some fucked up shit in my day, but I gotta say, a mimic crib is going too far. Well, Storm, at least that necromancer won't be raising any more kids. Now, let's check in on another new team, the Mortal Dawn, as they slug through the mud over in Torilli, looking for clues in all the wrong places. returns to the town square of the small village of Torilli, having just freed a couple of sweet baby owlbears from a imprisoning cage and uh, letting the tiefling Sewell go off on his own merry way, be it barefoot and in pain from the knees down. Uh, what do you guys do when you return to the small village having this new experience under your belt? Right now we're just killing time until night, but we're about, we're almost there, right? It's getting close, yeah. Okay. A couple hours away till the sun starts to descend. Do we? How do you want to approach this? I mean, we could have you pose as a buyer. She could have you uh, do this magical somehow the disguise thing that makes you a foot shorter. I, I don't know. I, it's all angles. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's good. We could look for the other mutant. They said there might be a fifth one on the edge of town. The? Hmm. Well, do you mean the uh, the new stranger who bought place up at Lake? No, someone said that there might be a fifth mutant who hadn't been... I think it was the preacher. No. Said there was a fifth mutant who hadn't made it to church yet. I do not recall this. I'm not making that up, right? That did no, actually. that did in fact okay. happen. Okay. <laughs> he said word had hit him that it might have affected another person. Okay. Mm. Is that near the... Is that Was that near the forest? Yeah. I mean, you guys were... I mean, you weren't specific. He said he heard from maybe a further farmhouse that a child might have also been afflicted by this strange mutation. But other than that, there was no real direction. We uh, could kind look, of, look, if it's on the way, it can't think of any reason it would not to. We could look for the girl's friends. She probably did not go alone. But she's the only one afflicted so far. That's a good point. So what I'm going to have everyone do is a general persuasion check to just sort of ask around at some of the local farmhouses on your way back to try to garner some information. Two. And we'll go off the party average here. Oh, he's using lucky <laughs> for the podcast listeners. He gave me a lucky coin. All right. Is, well, this a, did is this a multiple checks, like just kind of average thing, or can I cast guidance on myself first? I will let you guidance yourself since I'll let you know it was coming. Okay. Can you cast guidance on yourself? Yes, you can. Okay. Then I do that. Four plus... 26 total. Wow. I rolled a 19. I so did not need the guidance. But. 26. Two. Two. Eight. Eight. Twelve. And twelve. All right. Uh, so you get a little bit of information asking at some of the farmhouses. Uh, you do find out that another child, another young girl, was taken to the church during the time that you were in the clearing. Hmm. Um, it sounds like she was just swelling at an incredible rate. She kind of did the Willy Wonka blueberry thing. Um <laughs> Violet, you're turning violet, Violet. Uh, yeah, she swole up roll big, and they kind of wheeled her into town. She is now at the infirmary. You also learned that she would go off with just the two of them. The two girls went off in the woods on their own. They almost were kind of trailing the boys, okay. trying to see what they were doing, and it sounds like they probably got mixed up in some of the bad business that the boys were starting to uh, unfortunately get addicted to, this strange pill. You also learn in asking around that it sounds like the old uh, house that's out on the island that was purchased not too long ago was purchased by a man named Iphis, who is said upon the one person who actually met them that he introduced himself as an alchemist. Mm -hmm. Not much else is known other than he set up shop out on this very strange abandoned old house and uh, has been absolutely antisocial. Uh, it sounds like he might have to cross the water. Yes, but I'm not sure an alchemist will help until we know what's in it. 
unless he's the one making it. Maybe. Did they confirm if he was like, if he looked a Dornish or anything like that? No, they said he looked like he was probably a half orc. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ah, the person boys. who told you are like, well, I ain't never seen no half orc before, but I reckon that's what they look like if I'm seen one. Turns out he's actually like a genasi or something. This person just has no idea what a half orc <laughs> looks like. Um, he's what, what, 17 feet tall, wreathed in flame? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns we, out he's actually a baylor. <laughs> wheels within wheels with eyes all around. <laughs> one of them pit fiends, ain't that just the way? <laughs> But yes, this is the new information you've given, and now the sun is starting to go down, because it took a little while for you guys to gather this info from small farmhouses. Maybe we go to Forest now? If it does not pay off, we go look at Alchemist. I completely agree. All right. How hard can a group of children be to track through the woods? All right, so who is going to lead the expedition into the forest? Possibly someone with the Survivatron skills? I Maybe. want people to know that everyone just whipped their heads towards me and smiled. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, of course, we'll we'll do that good old survival. Nice. Boosted. I will help, yeah. Okay, Ooh. you have avantage. Will it help if I do one of these? Just give a big old fatty thumbs up? Not yeah. unless thumbs up is communication for casting guidance. Uh, no. <laughs> well. it, is, it is communication for do it. Cool beans. Gambate. <laughs> just 2d20. Yeah. Yep. All right. Here we go. You did not gun that bate at all. So how did you do? I got a 15. 15 is definitely good. That is above average. Um, and as you go deeper and deeper into the forest, you realize the trees are getting, as you were warned, much, much older and taller. The canopy expands. The sky begins to become almost unseeable through the thick foliage of these dense trees. And they get kind of tinted with these browns and these kind of dark, uh, like a burnt green, despite the fact that it's it's summertime and they should be a bright green. Does anyone else need a short rest? Arvid did get pretty marbled. Barbarian who took one. 19 damage yeah. in the fight. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not going to be any better with my spells. All right. Well, if you want to roll me one hit dice, we'll just say you guys took a very short rest. Um, Wait a second. Do I do my druid hit dice or my... You get to choose. That's a good question. So when you multiclass, you can choose every time you roll your hit dice which one you want to do. So I'm the best. And if you don't do well, you can add another one on. That's just for the day. That's all you got. Seven. You have healed 11. I don't need to spend any hit dice, but I do get my spell slot back because I'm a warlock. Very good. So, darker than it was even before, the forest canopy, the stars above are almost unseeable. Um, You also notice that the trees are getting incredibly thick, dense beyond you've seen in human regions. And I would like everyone to roll me a perception check pretty please. You said it's like pitch black, right? It is very, yeah, you're you're in a good place. So if you don't have dark vision, you will be at disadvantage to your perception check. Fifteen. Three. Yeah, uh, seven. Eleven for Harutex. Uh So you continue on, and you come to a little bit of a clearing. Um, it does look like, Arvid, you recognize that there has been some footfall here not too long ago, probably a day or two. Several feet, some of them small, some of them larger, leading to and away from this point. As you look around, trying to see if you can catch sight of anyone who might be waiting around, or even signs of someone who had been here, possibly left behind vial or better footprints, um, you hear this very gentle, like, skittering sound coming from the trees. Seems like it starts way off in the distance and slowly descends and gets slightly louder. Do all of us hear this? You do now, yes. I'd like to invoke my armor of shadows. Could I use a survival roll to try to determine it's familiar in any way? Is it a bug or something? Yeah. Yeah. Please. Oh, 
Oh, a dear. one. Oh dear. Oh good. No, it's uh, it's real spooky and it done spooked you bad. Um, <laughs> we, we are rolling like dookie. <laughs> All beans. <laughs> All beans. Draw uh, out my weapon and pound my chest to make you know. Come come to me, buddies. May I ready chromantic orb? Chromatic. Chromantic. Chromantic. I like I like chromantic orbs. So. Maybe why don't you and I go somewhere chromantic? <laughs> I mean, it's very crisp. All right, so each of you tell me what you're going to do for the lead-in, and then tell me what you rolled for your initiative. So Artyom's basically just going to get his weapons ready, because I have jack that I can do, uh, and for initiative I got a 16. Arvid will pull out the curved blade and shield, mm-hmm. and pound on his chest, hoping to draw attention to himself. Arvid got a 7. Uh, Haruthax uh, is going to wait and see what's happening before they blow one of their spell slots. So uh, they pull out their quarter staff and use one of their new Pact of the Tome cantrips, Shillelagh, to yes. energize it. And their initiative is 11. All right. And the staff itself seems to turn almost white and twisted like a giant root. Uh, Christ is going to begin to reverberate with that special sonic energy and ready chromatic orb. It's not a spell. He's just going, mm. <laughs> All right, uh, so for the initiative, we're going to go starting with Artyom. You see, coming from the trees, almost just not necessarily coming from around them, but stepping out from inside of them, uh, these beings that seem like they're hollow inside and they're made of woven branches and gnarled old dry roots. They have like a cavity in their chest that's filled with these like white tendrils of moss and dead leaves. They are top to bottom made of wood, bramble, leaves, and thorns. And they're just stepping out of the forest, kind of lifting their hands menacingly with claws. Excellent. Well, in that case, I'm going to go ahead and whip out my Radiance of Dawn. Okay. And that is also a con save, or is that one dex? Constitution. All right. They all failed. Uh, 2d10 plus my level. Healthy damage. And you get to choose, which is nice, because your friends are all right there. Schwam. 14 plus 3. That is 17 damage. So basically what I do is I look up calmly at the sky, almost as if the moon starts to reflect the light of the sun. It begins to take on like a glowing fiery aura and then shine down on me almost like a like a column of light and then just flash out. Mm-hmm. So the radiant moonlight fills the clearing and you see like leaves and some of these white fibers blow out of the back of these wooden beasts. That seems to leave them lesser than they were, but they continue like mindlessly lurching forward with these strange kind of herky-jerky dexterous movements. Uh, that makes it Herathex. All right. I can see all four of them, correct? Yes. They all have a little bit of cover, but you can bake them all out coming towards you. They just okay. blend in perfectly with the wood. Herathex uh, is going to draw a clawed finger across their hand, squeeze, and then release that blood into a vapor that spreads out and banes all four of them. Okay, more saves for me. Attempts to bane all four of them. Charisma save? It is a charisma save. DC is 13. All right, two of them make it. The ones on the left side of the field, the right ones do not make it. They get minus a D4 to attacks and saving throws. Quite, quite indeed. Would you like to move or stay back to back as you are? I think Haruthax will stay where they are. All right, Chris, what do you do? Chris will release the chromatic orb, twinned. Oh, twinned. Okay, so go ahead and eat that sorcery point. Then go ahead and... Thank you. (laughs) And you're going to roll me two separate attack rolls. This is your spell attacks. You have a plus five. Okay. Choose the two you want to target. I will target one in the corner closest to me first. Mm -hmm. So it's a 10 plus five. Mm -hmm. 15. That hits. I will describe it after I (laughs) (laughs) target the last one. Got it. And uh, that is a six plus five, 11. 
Unfortunately, that just barely misses. Chris will pull out his left hand, exposing the diamond. Mm. And in a painful, sharp burst, a uh, swirling, wonderful, crystalline things come shooting out and splits, targeting both of these guys. And which uh, element are you choosing? Uh, I am choosing thunder. Okay. And because I'm reverberating, my thunder also gets three damage, extra damage. Very good. So go ahead and roll me 3d8. Uh, seven, seven, fourteen, eighteen, twenty-one, twenty-one damage. That's Beautiful. with the plus three. Yes, that's all with right. The plus three. That one closest to where Zach is sitting uh, just explodes. It erupts. <laughs> it just explodes. Yes. It, its brittle wooden body just crumbles to bits, and as it kind of unfurls, it leaves this open cavity that was inside of it, kind of peeling around it like a banana. And you notice there was something inside nestled amongst these white tendrils, and this white spider the size of a small dog, leaps out of the cavity of what was inside of this beast and jumps forward. Fun. Anybody else really grossed out now? Okay. Would you mind setting that where that thing died? Mm-mm. Oh, uh, thank you. Is it still Bane? No, this is a different entity. Okay. It, was, it wasn't a spider driving uh, the druid suit. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> spider driving? That's what I said is exactly what I thought was going on. I think it, it like, opens, it's just like... <laughs> I think we found this episode's title. All right, so all of the wooden beasts are going to move inwards toward the party. These two are going to move in towards Herothax and Arvid, and that one's going to move in towards Artyom because he's closest. Christ is going to reap the repercussions of the spider he'd unbirthed. Mm, no. And the spider will skitter up to get close to Christ. So gross. And just going around in a circle, we'll start with the one on Artyom. It's going to make a thorny vine attack at you. Hmm, so thorny vine. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and warding flare. Okay. Thank you for letting me know before I rolled. Yay. Good job That's remembering. the best. I rolled two 15s. Oh, go uh, fuck that myself. That means I got two 19s. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hit. So it's going to hit you with its thorny vine. Oh, that's neat. I like that. You take five points of piercing damage. Cool. And then it moves you 10 feet. So it's just going to pull you away from the group and put you kind of next to Alante. Chris. Yeah, that'll work. That's oh, fine. Oh, okay. I'm okay with that. It'll be next to the spider. Yeah, Chris too. It just kind of wraps around <laughs> you and flings you with force to one side. Uh, the same is going to happen towards Arvid, hopefully rolling the same. Critical. So this is indeed a critical. I rolled a true 20. No ifs, ends, or buts. Uh, 11 damage right on you. That's, I mean, that's just what I recovered. It's fine. I'm just back to normal. Yep. <laughs> You're right back where you were. And then next up is the one on Herothax. Making a big miss on its whip. Woo! And the spider is going to leap outward and try to basically land on Chris's face and body. That is a uh, 13. Uh, let's see. I don't remember what my AC is. I'm sorry. Uh, you should be. Well, my question is, uh, if I my AC is higher, do they still take the thunder damage from the reverberation? No, we have determined that if they miss, they do not take the thunder damage. Then I will take this hit. Okay, you're going to take the hit and it's going to use its bite attack. I will never use a font this small ever again. <laughs> oh, uh, all right. I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. Oh, no. I also need you to give me back the D8 that I generously lended you for your spell. Because yes. I need him. Yes. Oh, I need him so bad. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Do <laughs> you? A... Wait. No. There you go. I'm going to use a bit of luck. Okay. Because uh, I rolled a one. That's important. All right. That's a 17. Excellent. That makes it. You do not take the poison damage. You just take five points of piercing. All right. And that makes it Arvid's turn. Time to rage. Oh, yes. Right away. And this is Big Sword? Uh, no, I think I got... Oh, you said Curved Sword. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. And that's fine. Cool. Um, so yeah, we'll just do a normal attack. 18. That hits. That's 10. 
10. All right, that one crumbles to the ground as you slam it downward, birthing another pure white spider. Uh, the spider that hit me took three thunder damage. Thank you. Also, the dryad that missed me was baned. But it yes. But it didn't matter. The dryad that threw me is an asshole. That's true. <laughs> All of these things are true. Yep. Artyom, it's back to your turn. Cool. Your initial blow seemed to have weakened them quite a bit, but they're still tenacious. So as he throws me, mm-hmm. uh, I hit the ground and kind of like roll into a tumble. And coming out of the tumble, I shoot the one that threw me with the crossbow and then spin around with my rapier and try to stab down into the top of the spider. Well, it sounds impressive. Let's see how it goes. Yay. Uh, did anybody bless or anybody? Anything? Uh, I, okay. I banged them. Great. Sounds Thanks, like, Michael. Sounds yeah. like you said you banged them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dryad, I banged him. <laughs> All right. So this is crossbow. Oh, critical failure. Oh, boy. Yay. Percentages, please. So fun. This is good. This is what happens when you don't bless the party. Fumble table. Well, it still would have been a one. I was going to say it wouldn't have saved you. You're right. <laughs> 17. 17. You just drop your hand crossbow. Instead, as I, as I pull the trigger, instead of it launching the bolt, it just pulls it out of my hand or like it fires the opposite <laughs> direction. It just shoots itself a couple feet away from you. <laughs> and it looks down at it and then looks up at you. <laughs> <laughs> While I look at it, just shrug and then stab behind me at the spider. Uh, oh, boy. Um, well, I mean, that's not bad. 14? 14 hits. Hey, for my fancy one yet, piercing. Six, uh, nine. Nice. That spider looks fucked up. Real, real bad. <laughs> Shrug, stab the spider. I am Groot. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the miniatures look like Groot. RTM has gone. That makes it Herothax. Okay. Herothax is going to start by just swinging a shillelagh at the dryad right in front of me. Swing my shillelagh. Swinging a shillelagh. Dirty. Yep. That should hit. That's 18 plus 5, 23. Very much so, yeah. yes. And it takes, takes 8 points of magic bludgeoning damage All right and as you slam into it with your white or gnarled shillelagh it seems to like pull in some of the bramble and vines and just like consume them as it explodes out dropping to more splinters another spider climbing out now on the end of your shillelagh just like this massive spider i don't think i have any other bonus action spells i guess i could hex it but no i'm good i'll keep uh, nothing is left that i baned at this point so correct chris will he'll just unleash uh, another chromatic chromatic orb at the uh, spider that just attacked it. Um, you are adjacent. That's going to be disadvantage to hit. It'll make it very difficult what? to connect. But if you use something like frostbite, you will not be at disadvantage. Okay. Well, then I will use frostbite. On the spider <laughs> on Artyom? Yes. Yes. You're Let's do the one that's job. almost dead. Let's do that one. Failed at save. That's 1d6 cold from you. Awesome. That is a five. Uh, this spider does the thing where it falls on its back and its legs all curl up into a little ball. It has been destroyed and it is covered in this kind of permafrost. And that makes it, there go, there's one dryad left. They're not actually dryads, but that's what I'll call them because it makes it easier to refer to them. And that one is going to attempt to step forward and hit Arvid. And it fails horribly. It just kind of like slams up against you. You're getting like bombarded by its limbs, but you're too resilient to feel it. And then the spiders are going to jump forward biting Herothax and Arvid. Herothax fumble <laughs> cannot hit this lizard and arvid is also a miss so let's roll and Yikes. see what that these spiders are weak all right and actually it like breaks one of its fangs like on your staff as it tries to dive out at you and you just see like it snap and it starts pussing out spider blood and venom mm, icker Yikor. i don't think any of my spells have a fang as a component but i might look for one that has one <laughs> yes it does now uh, and that makes it arvid's turn okay. you're just surrounded by danger Hit it again. We'll hit a spider. We'll hit a spider. No, we'll hit the dryad mm-hmm. thing. Like I'm going to hit him with my sword. Yeah, that's the one. No reckless? No. Oh. It's fine if you don't. You are surrounded, but 
I like to clarify. I'm doing okay. Cool. I got hit points. Yeah. Let's. Great. Uh, so that's a. No, no, no. That's bad. That's I should have done. Uh, that is yet <laughs> a, the universal sign for that's bad. The thumbs up. <laughs> that is yet another fumble. I wow. Say, I think she was holding up one finger, which was that's a not, thumb. Yeah, that's not. One, one, two. Like the, the single digit. <laughs> All right. Percentages, please. I'll just roll them because I have them right here. So many. All right. So you overswing very badly and you do kind of a spin and you get like a little bit dizzy and you're trying to collect yourself before you swing again. You're going to have disadvantage on your next attack. Good news. We haven't stopped rolling like Dookie, but the <laughs> monsters are also rolling like Dookie now. Right. And now that it's the top of the initiative, you hear this voice echo out through the glade. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Thanks to the newest top-of-the-line Quadron upgrades, we can see everything happening, even in the darkest of forests or dankest of dungeons. Hurts my freaking eyes to look at it for this long, but damn if it ain't impressive. Funding for this kind of high-tech, top-of-the-line entertainment technology is made possible by the following sponsors. Some people run through the forest And shoot from afar in the fight Some people live for a thousand years and cast ancient spells in the night. There's trouble in the old woods, which could be goblins or could be romance, on tonight's very special episode of Feywatch. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. 
Hi, everybody. This is Zach. And Law. And as I'm sure you all know, we are always accepting sponsorships with businesses, especially local businesses in the Portland area. But we're also excited to hear from charities and those who have personal messages or cross-promotion with like-minded people. If you're interested in reaching out to us about any of these things, you can send an email to admin at slapdashstudios.com. We're also interested in your guys' fake ads ideas, one of your favorite parts of the show are the fun fake ads in the middle. And more ideas are always great. We love using things from other people. If you're interested in sending us questions about the League of Ultimate Questing, whether it's the actors or the characters they portray, how the world works, or the League itself, you can follow us at Slap the Dash on Twitter and hashtag L-U-Q-A with your questions. Second wind, feel the power and might. Second wind, keep your head in the fight. Second wind, second wind, second wind. You're a lover, a dreamer, and most importantly, a fighter. When you need that extra push, reach for a second wind energy drink. Second wind, we go down easy, so you don't. All of these wooden beings freeze in place and the spiders skitter down and kind of get into a a supplicant position on the ground, lowering themselves. And the trees start to bend and part in places. And you see the moonlight pouring through more intensely as the leaves start to retract from the taller trees. And this being emerges from the tallest of them. And you see these huge spider legs starting to climb down. But you realize that they are made of wood and bramble and woven vines and thorns. And where the spider head would be, there is the upper half of this elf-like female with pitch black skin. And she has wood and vines wrapping all over her. And long, kind of gnarly green moss hair. And she climbs down into the clearing and starts to slowly lurch towards the group. Reginald, are you getting this on film? So, Artyom, you would, in another world, think this looks sort of like what the drow refer to as a drider. Uh, a cursed drow that has been infused with the magic of their evil gods. To have kind of a centaurish spider body. But this is woven out of wood and vines and thorns. And the, the creature above it, while drow-like in appearance, looks more in tune with the fae. You've never seen anything like this, but it physically resembles in ways something you've heard of before in the Underdark. And it lurches forward, softly stepping, making not a sound with its long legs. And it gets very close to Artyom. I grab my crossbow from the ground. And it doesn't seem to be taking any aggressive actions, and it leans into you very closely and sort of tilts its head. You... You smell of the shift. And you smell of bark and compost. You are in my glade. And you are not like the others. The others who came here spilled their toxic chemicals, wove lies to young humans. I have come to kill them. Where are they? That is what you are trying to determine. And what will you do when you find these outsiders? I don't know. Maybe take them out to branch? Probably kill them? Yes. Yes, make them dead. They reek of science and gunpowder and liquid fire. Are these your servants? These are my children, yes. How is it you look like Dryder? I am from the Shadowfell. I am a Dryader. This forest descends deep into my domain, where the borders grow thin and the moonlight gets brighter. What leash do you serve? I serve the nature of darkness. If you are to kill these humans... 
and you achieve this task. She says, reaching into herself, her long, narrow fingers kind of pulling a rib out of her wooden body and snaps. And you see thorns sprout out of it. She holds it outward. This will help you. I take a look. It looks like a wand. Oh, what? This resonates with the magic of the Shadowfell. It may hurt the others, but I think you could hold it. The Wand of Thorns. The wand has three charges. While holding it, you can use an action to extend one of its charges. The wand regains 1d3 expended charges daily at dawn. Zero charges for Thorn Whip. One charge for Entangle. And two charges for Protection from Poison. Oh, shit. (laughs) I ran from the people that served something similar to you. I am a creature of shadow, but I do not serve the shadow any longer. The shadow will still be waiting for you when you choose what path you take, but make it your own. This forest will remain under the control of Gas Mariel. Return to your human city. We will. And she quickly retreats backwards, right up a tree. The clearing seems to get smaller as everything bends back into place with a slow creaking. The spiders scurry off into the darkness, and the forest remains silent. Well... Apologies. It looks like we have a patron for this particular mission. Other than this stylish uh, Domain Farms persons. Brought to you by Domain Farms. <laughs> Perfect. Um. Wink. <laughs> Somewhere an old man on a porch is whittling. He's like, mm. <laughs> Game question. Yes. Uh, can we assume that uh, Reginald will tell us if we get an item that we're not supposed to keep? Correct. Okay, cool. Uh, well, does this mean that it's safe for us to take a rest? Perhaps not here. You feel almost unnaturally safe in a place that was just recently so dangerous. Perhaps you should lay down here. I'm assuming the spiders and, and Dryad have gone. Absolutely. <laughs> They're not just like sitting there frozen watching us. <laughs> like... There's no sign of them anywhere or that they were ever here. A really awkward moment in a video game where there's like a, like a boss that's like, go away. And you're like, cool. And then you, like, meditate for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're the one who understands nature. This is all new to me. Yes, let's take a rest. Look, yeah. Are you sure the tracks won't grow cold? If we need anything else, I may not be able to protect you anymore. And you do, in fact, take a short time to have a little bit of a rest. Um, not a long rest. Uh, I was going to say, as you start to rest and you feel safe for a minute, kind of pausing and licking your wounds a little bit, the comfort of this strange between-realm clearing kind of washes over you, and you all fall into a very comfortable and calm sleep. You awaken at sunrise with a full rest. Ooh! Completely safe, and there's no sign of any recent activity here. You think the trail that led here might be cold. The uh, humans that we're dealing may have uh, lost interest in this region, or perhaps have changed their approach. Doesn't look like they've been here for a couple days. And if they were, they'd probably be killed by a horrible spider monster. Need to catch a fresh trail. I guess our only lead now is the alchemist. But we still don't know. Well, actually, she said gunpowder and the a couple other things. If I had to guess, I would say this sounds like alchemy's place. A good lead indeed. Um, so without any trouble, you guys return to this, the village of Torelli. Once again, business is begun. The new day has started. You can still hear a little bit of roosters calling off in the distance from the nearby farmlands. <clears throat> there, off in an island, you can see th- over the edge of the town there's a lake, which uh, you've heard is named Wyvern's Lake and a small island out in the center of it called Green Moss Island. Before we go there, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the church, mm-hmm. grab uh, some small samples, like things like hair clippings from the moment the hair, maybe some spare scales if anybody's grown scales, whatever. Just grab a little bit of everybody sure. to, uh, for potential testing later. The father in charge gives you some, some receptacles to put these things in. He has lots of vials and small jars. 
Has he been following my advice? Yeah, his wound treatment seems pretty good, but they're not so much injured as they are just in in pain. Mm. And he he's doing an okay job sedating them mm. um, through as many humane methods as he can, but they are children. Maybe I should get them fucked up. I reach out. <laughs> no. <laughs> I hear you kids like drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I don't think my widow's helm would do too great with them. <laughs> yeah, it would feel great for a minute. Uh, can you imagine the psychedelic effects mid-mutation? <laughs> Whoa, I can see my seven hands. I feel like a normal person again. No. What a trip. Yeah, so what would you like to do? You have uh, you've returned to the Five Borders Church, checked in on the mutated bodies who are still writhing. There is another one now, which is just kind of like hanging over the edge of a bed, like this water balloon of a young teenage woman. Ugh. It's unpleasant. And her skin seems like like slightly translucent, like you can see liquid sloshing around inside. Oh. <laughs> that gave me the yucks for the for the podcast zach made a face that sounded a lot like the noise that he made yeah. my face did sound a lot like yeah, that noise. yeah thoroughly disgusted it was a series of bad gross faces i would like to purchase a chicken okay uh there is a large marketplace and you see once again uh lady andrina i think was her name hopefully i'm not saying it wrong andriva apologies welcome back to my shop Whatever happened to that layabout Sewell? I haven't seen him since he left with y'all. Darker things in the forest than us. Perhaps he came across one. Hmm. Well, I hope he's gone for good. <laughs> Lazy piece of shit. Pretty sure he was selling illegal things. I hate that shit. Earthax just nods. <laughs> he was trying to sell us owlbear babies. Man, this idiot. He what? The. And what happened? Oh, mama came. Worst things in the forest. Earth actually nods. Like. He was trying to sell owlbear babies out of my store. Mm-hmm. And now what? Did you kill him? Did she kill him? I left him to wander through the woods without shoes. Damn. <sighs> well, I imagine he's scared off for good, right? That is, he said as much. He said he's not coming back. Well, at least I can absorb his inventory and sell it as my own, because if he ever sets foot in here again, I'll cut his head off. He was pretty sure you would kill him if you saw him. Damn right, he's learned something about me working with me for the past few months. Piece of shit. You make a habit of cutting people's heads off? If they try to sell illegal things in my store and bring down the name of my business, yeah. How many times has this happened? This is the first. Okay. I'd like to buy a chicken. Or a rabbit. I can get you one of either. What do you prefer? Rabbit. I'll be right back. She goes in the back and you notice there was like a corral outside with like different animals and things. I'm going to go to the back door, not Mm -hmm. go in, and just yell for, Philip! Who's there? The, it's the friend of yours. The oh, that... beans, don't bug me no more. I'm sour. I'm trying to check on you. Make sure you're all right. I threw up a little bit this morning. My pee was kind of purple. Come here. <laughs> he kind of like pokes around from behind like a sack of potatoes. And he's like, I am doctor. He's okay. No, no, that's the scariest thing you ever said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make sure that you're recovering okay. I'm fine. I promise I'll come to you if I feel silly. <laughs> Does he look okay? Yeah, he looks a little like he looks like he's kind of strung out, but he doesn't look like he's taking anything or okay. he's starting to mutate. Does he look like worse than he did yesterday? Uh, maybe in that he's going through withdrawals. Okay. <laughs> if this persists past a week, you come look for me. Oh, you're gonna be here a whole week. Oh, dang it. <laughs> maybe if not, go to church. Uh, that's what my mom always says. <laughs> <laughs> Ten or twelve year old just doing honest days work around here. <laughs> His friend was fourteen. Oh Jesus! For some reason, I thought everybody was like in the twenties. Yes. Like, that's oh, he's, a, he's a younger lad now. Oh Jesus! Uh, yes, listen to your mother. Go to church. 
Oh, shucks. <laughs> so boring. Hey, get back to work in there. And you see like a like an onion thrown across. And she comes in with this really like super long floppy eared rabbit. And it's like totally calm. It's just like, oh, two silver for you. All right. And she gives you this big floppy bunny. I'm also looking for something potentially. Well, I probably have it. Uh, do you have any uh, children's toys? I know it's a weird request. I, I do. Yeah, this is a village. Will you show me? Certainly. And she has an array of, like, little tiny stuffed animals made very simply, like, knitted together. Uh, a couple of, like, wooden dolls that look like soldiers with, like, little swords built into their hands. Do and, like, you... a little wagon with wooden horses. Uh, do you happen to know the child Gertrude? Truda, the little Gertrude. girl? Yes, sorry. Oh, she's so sweet. She is. She comes in and I give her lemon candies. Well, will you do me a favor? Well, certainly. Uh, uh, I will slip her uh, two gold and hope that's enough. And and will you um, give her uh, a nice little toy from me the next time she stops by? Well, I, I will. want to bring a smile to her face. For two gold. Little children's toy. Da. Okay. You don't think it's enough? I'm, I'm sorry. There's, there's three. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend. I look, I look, I look at her and I just go... I just shrug. <laughs> she slides it back. Two is more than enough. And who am I telling her it came from? Mortal Dawn. Her friends from the church. It's a weird name. Friends from the church. Yeah, I can do that. Thank She's you. She's had her eye on this long-haired doll for quite some time. It's pretty little dress. Silly thing. Long-haired doll. Maybe she should not go into the, uh, into the infirmary and see what is in there. Artyom. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with your rabbit. I hope it makes a good stew or a pet. I don't really care. Herthax <laughs> nods. I am sure it will serve its purpose quite nicely. Well, that's imposing. <laughs> she will offer any other business you need. If not, she will kind of escort you out, and uh, you will return to the street. I assume Harothox is going to engage in some... Yeah, but probably once we're out of town, rather than just disemboweling the rabbit. That's part of why I was asking. In the street. Great. So are you guys heading to the lake, then? It, <laughs> it is a little ways out of town. That does seem to be the plan. All right, uh, you get up to the shore of this wide lake. You can see the water is pretty pretty dark, kind of a rich green color. Probably not real healthy to swallow. It's probably got either some, some fallout from the mountains or some kind of mining residue that's making the water kind of gross. And out there in the distance, there is a very small stone structure on a very mossy rocky island and there's a little dock with a single rowboat sitting at the end of it and there's a man in the boat and he's got a fishing pole that he seems to be getting his tackle and gear together and uh he looks up and waves and says well hey there welcome to wyvern's lake Looks like the Mortal Dawn is finally finding some of the answers they're looking for, and they're gearing up to take the final plunge in this official mission. But let's learn more about the Mortal Dawn next week on another exciting episode of the League of Ultimate Questing. All right, students. Quill's ready. Today we are shifting our recent studies of the world geography in a different direction. We're going to be discussing, that is to me, a dangerously unspoken of topic. Who here can tell me what the Drexian shift is? Anyone? Yes, Wendell. The Drexian shift is a series of caverns and caves below the surface of the land, stretching across most of the mainland. It's also referred to as the Underdark. Uh, it's home to hives of dark elves, clans of subterranean dwarves and gnomes, and a wide range of aberrations and powerful sentient life forms. Hmm. Well said, Wendell. Well recalled and well spoken, but sadly inaccurate. Your description 
is most accurate for the Underdark indeed. The Drexian shift, however, is not the same as the Underdark, a common misconception, and why we're discussing it today. We have covered in the past the topic of planes of existence, though we only really spoke about them theoretically. Much like land masses, planes of existence can drift closer and farther apart over great periods of time. One of the results of them moving closer are areas where the bordering planes begin to overlap. The Underdark is part of the material plane, which rests, in a sense, between the positive material plane and the negative material plane, both of which are surrounded by the ethereal plane. Trying to picture this two-dimensionally can be problematic, but for the time being it will help. Where the material plane and the negative material plane overlap is a sort of demi-plane, which I refer to as a convergence plane. Now, the Drexian shift functions very much like a series of caverns below the Underdark, at times intermixed. Its entirety is filled with what's known as deeper darkness, a consuming darkness. If you lit a torch in the Underdark, you would generate a small pocket of light, and probably anger the neighbors. If you lit a torch in the Drexian shift, it would be consumed by the darkness. Even the races of dark elves would call this region impossibly dark, despite their keen ability to see in darkness. Being able to find an entrance to the shift is nearly impossible. Most beings find their way there due to a result of being lost or as an accident. They simply stumble into it. There are some beings very in tune with the shift that can detect its entrances and even navigate inside. The reason this is so impressive is because the shift does not follow the same laws of distance and time as our material sphere. For example, there are written reports of an exploration crew entering the shift south of the Nethysar Mountains. Being lost in a horrible darkness for most of a day, seeking desperately a way out in the impossible darkness, only to emerge from the shift, back into the Underdark, and returning to the surface in the Narflin. Yes, Damien? But the Narflin is hundreds of miles from the Nethysar. Well, that journey would take a season on foot, probably more traversing all the mountain ranges. Is it some kind of teleportation? Let us not confuse the dimensionality of planar travel with the material magics of teleportation. I will make an analogy to help you understand. You are a single cell of blood in the human body. If the body was a map, the scale of a single cell, it would seemingly take you years to travel from one end to the other. Now, you've had your lectures on biology and you've done your dissections. Imagine the surface world is the skin, or more like the hide of a great beast. The Underdark is part of the rich muscles beneath the surface. This kind of planar convergence, like the shift, in many ways functions like the veins. And do you know how long it takes the heart to pump blood through the entire body? Less than a minute. Do you think the blood cells have control over how far they travel or when they stop? Hardly. To travel in the shift is to step into the blood flow of the veins, or into a wild raging river, simply being taken where you will. The most curious part of the story, though, of the expedition, is that after their day of time lost and wandering the shift, is upon their emergence back to the prime material plane, two years had passed. Now, I'm sure at times in all of our lives we felt lost, we felt time slip away from us, but rest assured that there is a degree of being truly lost one could experience on a planar scale that will rob you of all illusions of control. For your evening's writings, I would like each of you to write four pages on a time in your life when you were lost, and how you would apply some of the practical magics we've been studying up to this point to help you find your path. And be sure to study up on your planar maps.
we've only just scratched the surface. Hey everybody, it's Law. And Zach. And we want to thank all of the fans and followers we've gotten thus far. All of your support and kind reviews have been extremely inspirational to us. And the best thing you can do if you want to see us keep growing as a podcast is share the information with your friends. Word of mouth is so huge for a project like this. I also want to thank everybody who has made this podcast possible. Sam Frost playing Arvid, Alante Barakat playing Chris, Michael Loving playing Harithax, and Law, most of all, our amazing GM and fantastic content creator. They make doing this every week an absolute delight. And I want to throw in a big thank you to Zach. He's been in charge of production and editing. It's a ton of work, and I'm really glad that he's on top of it because he has been killing it. And don't forget that you can catch us wherever podcasts are available. You can also follow our social media on Facebook or at Slap the Dash on Twitter, where you can get updates on our newest episodes every Monday and hot, fresh new content on Friday courtesy of Law. But until next time, we wish you luck.